amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What's up, you guys? I'm Haley. And I'm Andrea. And this is Inhuman, a true crime podcast. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our American listeners. If you are listening to this on the day it comes out, um, or we hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And if you're not in America, hello, welcome. We're excited that you're here. Today is going to be our 10th installment of Listener Stories, which they are just so much fun to do and hear stories from you guys. It's just Like such a kind of, even though some of them are like creepy and really freak me out or are like heavy, it's still just such a like nice kind of like breath of fresh air. Um, Palate cleanser. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So thank you guys for sending them in. If you want to send in a listener story, you can do so through our website, inhumanpodcast.com. That's the easiest way just for us to collect them. Um, And yeah. Cool. Do we have anything else before we get into it? I don't think so. All right. Well, let's get into the first story, which is from Claudia. Hi, Claudia. With a K. Yeah, with a K. <laughs> Hi, guys. I've been binging your podcast like a crazy person while I work, which I walk dogs, so your podcast keeps me entertained, even though I'm glancing over my shoulder every couple seconds to make sure my story isn't next. Relatable. That is so me. Like, I walk my dogs every day, and... I'm always looking over my shoulder, like looking at cars that drive by, like (laughs) I'm always Mm -hmm. paranoid. I'm the same way. Anyway, I've got two stories, one spooky and one true crime. First, I'll start with the Resurrection Mary story. I live in the Chicago suburbs about an hour from Chicago. A famous ghost based in Chicago from the 1920s called Resurrection Mary is about a young lady who went to a ball, had a couple drinks and was hit by a car as she was leaving. To my understanding, the driver was never found. Oh my gosh. To this day, people talk about how Archer Avenue, where she was hit, has a presence and you can feel it as you drive past where the ballroom used to be. However, there isn't only a feeling of presence. Drivers have reported seeing a hitchhiker on the road at nighttime, a girl in a white dress. There's been many people who have even spoken to her and offered her her a ride, and this includes a police officer. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. So creepy. That is very creepy. Some report she disappears as soon as she gets in the car. Others start driving to the address she provides, and she disappears as they pass the Resurrection Cemetery on Archer Avenue. Oh, Oh, that gave me chills. I know. I'm like, ooh. That's creepy. (laughs) Yeah. There have been rumors that the cemetery had to put in a new gate as someone's hands had bent some of the bars on the previous gate. There is photo evidence of this, and it is rumored that Mary was trying to get out of the cemetery, and those were her hands. That's so awful. 
My mom and I always have found this story interesting, and one day it came back up in conversation. My mom went to the grocery store later that day, and she picked up a magazine to read later. As she flipped through the pages when she got home, she called me over because there was a page on the Resurrection Mary story. We thought that was a bit weird, but maybe just an odd coincidence. That night, my mom was chatting with my dad about it. She wanted to read him the news article, but as she flipped through the magazine over and over again, the page was nowhere to be found. What? There were no pages missing, and they were numbered, and they were all there. She again called me over and asked me to look for the page, thinking maybe she was just missing it. I looked through the magazine four or five times and could not find the page. Frustratingly, my mom shut the magazine and just tossed it on the floor next to the bed. It opened to the page with the story on it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would be that thing right out the window. (laughs) Yeah, that's so creepy. The next day, I had told my friend about the situation. We talked about how each person has a spirit following them, but most spirits are no harm. I jokingly said, well, if each person has their own spirit, I want my spirit to give me a sign. Then I hollered out, spirit, give me a sign. (laughs) Nothing happened. About five minutes go by as my friend and I just move on with conversation. All of a sudden, my phone from across the room had Siri come on and say, my spirit, over and over again about 50 times. Mm Mm-mm. When I finally got the courage to pick up my phone, there was only one thing that was on my screen. It was the screen you get to when you say, hey, Siri, to your phone. However, it only said one thing. It read, my spirit. The words were on the left side, so I knew my phone didn't just pick up me saying something and connecting it to Siri. Oh, that's so freaky. That is really freaky. definitely gave you a sign. (laughs) maybe your spirit's name is siri i don't know yeah maybe (laughs) wow okay as for my true crime situation i studied at western michigan university for two years my second year covid was a big thing i like to go home on the weekends or whenever i had the chance as home was only two and a half hours away i arrived back in kalamazoo where the school is located around 10 30 p.m on a sunday i wanted to get gas as i had class in the morning I arrived at the gas station, and I watched my surroundings as Kalamazoo is a very dangerous area. There's a ton of gun violence, drug abuse, and homeless people. As I put the gas nozzle into my car, I watched a car slowly approach the the gas station. I quickly jumped into my car and locked the doors. My gut feeling was right. I was being watched. The guy stayed in his car, parked right in front of mine. He watched me closely. Even after my car was done filling up on gas, I stayed in my car. He realized I, too, was watching him. He then rolled down his window and started asking me what I was doing and if I wanted to hang out as he just got off work. No. I said I was busy and that I was okay. This continued for 15 minutes. Oh, Mm -mm. my God. Oh, my God. I don't know what I would do. That's so scary. I know. I was frozen. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't leave because the gas pump nozzle was in my car and I couldn't get out or I'd be in real trouble. The gas station worker then came out. He realized something was wrong, but unfortunately, he was a young man my age, and he was afraid, I could tell. Mm. He didn't do anything for me, but he stayed outside for some time. Fun fact, you can drive away with those gas nozzles. At least you used to be able to, because one time my dad did it, like accidentally (laughs) drove away with the gas nozzle in his car, and he's like driving down the road with like the little thing flapping. Um, So I don't know. It might like damage your car or something, but you can try that. Oh my God, that's hilarious. 
I mean, definitely wouldn't suggest that unless, like... <laughs> hey, it's better than the alternative of what could happen, so... Yeah, yeah. Explain later. <laughs> yeah. About 30 minutes have gone by now. The band stepped out of his car now. He was approaching me. I made sure my doors were locked. All my windows rolled up. Mm-mm. He came up to my door and pulled on the handle because <gasps> he asked me over and over again if I wanted to hang out. I kept saying no and told him he can move on. Oh, my gosh. I was too afraid to dial 911 as there are many altercations between police and gang members in the area. There's a shooting every day. When I look back at it now, I should have, and I would today, but I was younger and not the smartest. So I called my good friend. I knew he carried on him, and I knew he'd be able to at least get the gas nozzle out of my car. I called him and told him to come help me. He quickly jumped out of bed and was going to come help me. The man who had been harassing me was still standing at my window, but he realized I had called someone. I think he assumed 911. He jumped in his car and sped off. I waited five minutes before getting out of my car and then quickly got home. I was traumatized, that close to death and to danger. I dropped out of my classes that week and moved home the following week. I never oh wanted gosh. to be in danger like that again. Oh that's my gosh, so that's scary. so scary. And I'm so sorry that you had to experience that trauma and like that, that it changed it, like so much for your life. That's awful. Yeah, that's so terrifying. But I'm glad that you were smart enough to like lock your doors, knock it out of the car, call a friend. Like that was all the right thing to do. Ugh. Thanks for reading my lengthy stories, and I hope I get to hear them on the podcast. Keep up the great work. With love, Claudia. Claudia. Well, thank you, Claudia. Your first story really freaked me out. (laughs) I am thoroughly scared. Um, And your second one was, it's just a good reminder for everyone. You know, I'm glad that you're safe. I'm glad you're okay. And I hope that you can heal from that trauma. Yeah. And you don't have to be polite to strangers. Like, no, I don't even know why parents... My parents taught me that too, and I don't know why that's even a thing. Because yeah, I feel like that's strangers kind of like in are the past. not. Yeah, they're not. I mean, no stranger should be talking to a child. First of all, and I'm I'm assuming no. you were what probably like a teenager, like eighteen, nineteen. Eighteen, yeah, probably. So I mean, even though you're technically an adult, having this like middle aged man talking to you like that's just inappropriate, yeah, and like you do so not owe scary. them anything. So no, not at all. Oh, gosh. The holidays are right around the corner, and life right now can be super busy. The last thing I want to do after a long day of work is think about what meal to make, and that's why I love HelloFresh, because I don't have to think. Plus, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout, so we can take that money saved and put it toward our holiday shopping. HelloFresh has been a lifesaver for us. From when we brought our twins home and didn't have time or energy to cook, to those busy nights where you just need dinner fixed in a jiffy, HelloFresh always comes through for us. My favorite meal to date is still those delicious turkey stir-fry tacos, and I already have it planned for when we get back from Thanksgiving to have HelloFresh waiting at our door. That's such a good idea. (laughs) My husband and I love HelloFresh because we always end up eating the same meals and we want to eat better, more unique recipes, but it's just so hard to come up with those on Mm -hmm. our own. But with HelloFresh, there are over 35 weekly recipes, so there's something to please everyone. You can also easily customize your recipes by swapping proteins or sides, upgrading to choice proteins, or even, even adding protein to a veggie meal. 
which is so nice because sometimes you want to like you see a meal on the website but you want to customize it a little bit and with HelloFresh you're able to do that. I love that. As your calendar starts to fill up this season, you can count on HelloFresh to get some of your free time back by making cooking simple and quick. Each recipe and pre-portioned ingredients comes right to your door so you can skip the grocery store and a lot of the prep. This makes it so easy for two working dog parents like my husband and I, and (laughs) we really have been loving using HelloFresh to kind of just make our nights a little bit easier while still having delicious dinners. Yeah, take the edge off. If you want to make your life a little more easy, try America's number one meal kit by visiting HelloFresh.com slash Inhuman70 and use code Inhuman70 for 70% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash Inhuman70 and use code Inhuman70 for 70% off plus free shipping. Okay, so this next one is from Ezekiel, I believe. Does my family have spirits following us? So I have quite a few stories of my family members and I all running into some sort of spirit. They started back about 15 years ago. We moved around a lot due to unfortunate circumstances. Every house that we have lived in seemed to have something unusual about it. Relatable. (laughs) Yeah, Andrea's (laughs) had so many things with her houses. (laughs) I know. I'm like, stop following us. The first time we encountered something a bit strange was when I was in sixth or seventh grade. We always had dogs growing up, and I'm a very strong believer of dogs being able to see spirits that we cannot. And them trying to protect us from them. Yeah, they do. They have like that sixth sense or whatever. Anytime my dogs are barking at anything that like I don't see or hear, I get so scared. I'm like, (laughs) what do you see that I don't see? Yeah, really? (sighs) So on numerous occasions, our family dog at the time, who was very calm and playful with everyone, would often go and sit at the top of our basement stairs and we would all find it a bit odd, but didn't think anything of it. Until one day, she randomly starts barking towards the bottom and was noticeably frightened while barking. We go downstairs and turn on the lights to see what it is and don't seem to find anything. This happened quite a few times and we never understood why. One day, my mother was using the bathroom at night. When she walks by the front door, from the window of the door, she notices a figure standing outside looking right at her. (laughs) No, thank you. No, sir. Mm Mm-mm. No. Nope. I feel <laughs> Not you just on looking that. right at me. No. <laughs> she looks and is instantly in shock. She does not know what she is looking at, but she describes it as very dark and demonic. She begins praying and praying, and suddenly the figure is gone. Fast forward to a few years later when we moved to a different house in the town we grew up in. We did not move because of what happened, simply wanted to go back to our old town. We were all at home relaxing in our own rooms, and my sister was with my baby cousin in her room. He was about three at the time and needed to use the bathroom, so my sister decided to take him downstairs. Halfway down the stairs, my cousin stops and starts waving towards the bottom. My sister, frozen in place, looks at him and asks, who are you waving at? He calmly responds with, the little boy. No. Manny did that when he was a baby. Well, he was like <gasps> two, I think. And oh my God. we started saying like the ghost and Mr. Chicken, if you've ever seen that movie. Probably I not. Haven't. It's very old. Um, but we started calling 
his whoever he was waving to the ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, my sister totally freaked out. Um, knowing that she has to take him to the bathroom, which happens to be at the bottom of the staircase. Of course. Yeah. So she continues to ask, what little boy were you waving at? And once they hit the bottom of the steps and make a left, my mother had a glass case with small antique figures in it. And there happened to be one of a small boy. My cousin points and goes, that's the boy. My sister is completely freaked out at the point because there's no way he could have seen the glass case, let alone the figure of the boy from the stairs. She quickly rushed him into the bathroom and ran up as soon as he was done. Fast forward a few weeks later, and my mother is on the couch with the same cousin taking a nap. She wakes up to some to someone hitting the birdcage we had in the other room, and the birds chirping. She calmly tells my cousin to stop, forgetting that he's laying down with her. She hears it again and sees a little boy run past her from the corner of her eye and tries to tell my cousin to stop when she looks down and realizes he's laying next to her, sleeping the entire time. She is frozen in place and begins praying. A couple of years later, after a house fire... Oh my gosh. That's, oh my I'm gosh. so sorry. That's awful. Yeah. We moved into another house in town. My brother is playing video games with one of my cousins and they're home alone. My brother had a small container with some loose change on his dresser. While playing, the container randomly falls off and he doesn't think anything of it and assumes he hit on, into the dresser and made it fall over. He picks it up and moves it towards the middle of, of the dresser and a few minutes later while playing, it falls over again. He looks at my cousin and knows there's no way it was him that did this. In a rush, they get up and leave the house because they were scared out of their minds. While at the house, my brother has said he has felt sudden rushes of cold air and has no exp explanation why. Another few years go by and yet another move. One of my older brothers and me are, at, are the first ones to stay at the house because we had the cable guys coming early the next day. Before I got there, my brother was unpacking a few things in his room. We were both staying in the basement when he heard footsteps on the main floor. He thought, thought I had come back from the old house and came to drop off thing, or drop things off, so he runs up to help, but there's no one home. Confused, he goes back down, but doesn't think anything of it. A few minutes later, he hears a few more footsteps and gets freaked out. When I get there, he tells me immediately what happened, and we decided to leave and go get some food. Later, <laughs> later that day, I was in my room and decided to take a nap. I had my back turned to the door and randomly felt someone grab my shoulder and whisper something that I couldn't quite make out. I jump up and turn around to nothing. Wow. Wow. This went on for many years at just about every house we have lived. There are many more stories as well. My brothers, my brothers, sister, cousins, and all, and I all think that because my parents are both pastors Maybe we had a few demons following us, and we think possibly trying to tempt us into doing things. I've since moved out and haven't experienced anything again. But was some entity following us? Dot, dot, dot. Mm. That is really creepy and, like I said, relatable. Because I've my husband and I both have experienced strange, strange things in almost every house that we have lived in since childhood. So... It's very possible. Ugh. It's very possible. Yeah, very possible. <laughs> Don't know why yeah. things cling. I, I think maybe because, like, I'm 
kind of empathetic. My husband is not, though, so I don't know why anything's following him. <laughs> um, but that's what I always think is, like, something, like, things latch on to me. Like, I don't necessarily think it's, like, the same person or right. spirit or if they even know that they're a spirit at all. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's just too creepy for me. I just don't <laughs> think about it. Thank you for sending those in, Ezekiel. Yeah, those are those good. Okay, next story is from Daniel. Oh, well, since it's Halloween, I figured I would tell you two stories that are on the creepy side. For a little backstory, we live way out in the middle of nowhere, so we had a doctor ourselves. The closest thing we had was a vet an hour away. Also, my mom was heavy into witchcraft when I was born. But as a toddler, I would talk about Jesus and God, so my mom started getting away from witchcraft. Now, the first story was when I was about four. We had a whole bunch of people staying with us, so all of us boys had to share a room. We took turns sleeping on the floor. This night was my time to sleep on the floor, and while I was asleep, I had a nightmare where I was being attacked by a demon. I was laying on the floor, kicking up the demon to keep him off me. Then he used his sharp claws to dig into my foot and to drag me away. At this time, I screamed at the top of my lungs in pain and woke everyone up in the house. My parents came running into the room. I told them that I was being attacked by a demon, and they looked at my foot, and it was covered in blood. What? The blanket was drenched in blood. My parents, trying to calm me down, tell me that I must have been having a bad dream and accidentally cut my foot on something on the floor. So my dad picked me up, took me to the bathroom to clean me up so he could doctor me up. When he washed the blood off my foot, he could not find a cut anywhere. What? He tells my mom, who is going to clean the blood out of the blanket, but then she shows him there's a cut mark in the blanket. Hmm. So they told me it was a bad dream and to not say anything to my brothers. After that, my mom got really religious and stayed away <laughs> from witchcraft. That's so creepy. And there was just no explanation. Wow. Like you just were injured. Oh, that's really freaky. I feel like I've had dreams like that where I'm like fighting and then I wake up and I'm like sore or I have like a weird bruise yeah. or something. And I'm like, I must have punched myself yeah. in the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's so scary. That is. Oh my gosh. Oh. Blood. No, thank you. Mm -mm. Yeah. No. Now the second story is still kind of creepy, but it's a lot nicer. <laughs> When I was five, my brothers were staying at my cousin's house or friend's house, and I stayed home with my parents that weekend. So like I said, we lived in the middle of nowhere, so we never locked our doors. Most of the time, never even shut the door. <laughs> makes, I mean, it makes sense. You live in the middle of nowhere. Who's going to come up to your yeah. house? <laughs> I was sleeping late that day, and I heard my parents' car start up. I got dressed as quickly as I could and ran out to the porch just as they took off. Now, five years old by myself in the middle of nowhere, I was scared to death. I didn't know why my parents left me. I ran out the door so fast, I didn't notice if anybody was in the house. But then I heard a lady say, don't worry, they have me here to babysit. Oh. Okay. It's a little creepy, <laughs> but okay. I'm here to babysit. <laughs> <laughs> that lady became my favorite babysitter that day. She was the greatest. She played games with me all, days all day long. And I I'd never met her before, but she knew my name and just played with me all day long. Now, it was getting to dinner time, and my parents got home and pulled up. So I ran out there, gave them a big hug, and about this time, I noticed worry on their face. <laughs> they were apologizing and apologizing for leaving me. Oh, no. They said they thought I was at my cousin's. <laughs> oh, so they, they thought you were gone with other kids. That's crazy. I could, I, could, I could get that. 
I mean, I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I got so many kids. Whoops, I left one behind. I mean, have you seen Home Alone? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I tell him it's no big deal. I loved the babysitter you left me. My dad took off running into the house. Oh my gosh. He searched our house up and down. No one was there. He couldn't find anybody. They sat me down and asked, who was this lady? What was her name? And I told them I never asked her name. They asked what she looked like, so I described her hair, her face, her eyes, her voice, the way she talked to me, and how she played with me all day long, like she never got tired. <laughs> I'm five. I'm full of energy. As I'm describing her, my mom starts turning white. My mom and dad sat me down and told me that I described my grandmother to a T. Now, the problem with that was that my grandmother died two years before I was born. Then a year before I was born, the house burned down, destroying all the pictures of my grandmother. So I had no way of knowing her, the way she talked, the way she acted, and definitely not the way she looked. At that point, my mom was actually joyful. She said that now she knows that her mom got to meet me. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to cry. That's so sweet. That is so precious. Your grandma came to take care of you when your parents accidentally left you at home. (laughs) That's a grandma for you. She's like, look at these people (laughs) leaving the baby behind. (laughs) That always, like, just feels so crazy when somebody who never met somebody who passed away is able to, like, describe them them perfectly. And you're five, so it's not like you're making it up, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. even if you were making it up, like, you wouldn't make it up to a T like that. Yeah, exactly. That was definitely your grandma. Wow. I love to listen to your listener stories. I love listening to all episodes. I like how you give all the detail, even people's opinions, and let us know that it is opinion, not that that it's evidence, so that we know what is true opinion. I hope you keep this up for a very long time, Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Well, thank you, Daniel. We're glad that you enjoy the podcast. And also, thank you for sharing those stories. That first one was really creepy, but the second one was uh, very heartwarming. Both very entertaining. And it's weird because two of the stories we've done so far have had house fires. That's kind of weird. I know. Is that like a theme this week? Because I don't read these beforehand, obviously. (laughs) 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 Okay. This next one is from Shelby D. Thank you for sending this in, Shelby. I was going to call you Shells, but I don't know you like that, so... (laughs) <laughs> I don't know you that, that well. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, probably around fifth grade, I was staying with my cousin. All, a lot of cousins, too. Everyone's been staying with their yeah. cousins. I guess it's like family time. <laughs> yeah, like Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yeah. I was staying with my cousins and aunt in a small town over the Kentucky-Tennessee border near Bowling Green and Hop, Hop, wait, Hopkinsville. Sorry, that was really hard for my mouth to form for some <laughs> reason. I stayed there for a week. Most every summer. We were getting older and we would just walk the cul-de-sac to get out of the house. This neighborhood was in the middle of nowhere, but the cul-de-sac had several families with kids around our age, including some boys that my cousin was boy crazy for. (laughs) I can relate to that too, like boy crazy summers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Being summertime, she would often walk in just a bikini top and short shorts or a bathing suit, partly to entice the boys into talking to her. Apparently, Kentucky is one of the highest trafficking states in the country, but we never thought we were in danger due to, you know, being in the middle of Mm. nowhere. Yeah. Which is a, it's kind of like a false sense of reality nowadays, I feel like. I feel like it doesn't matter where you live, you need to always be careful because we hear stories of people 
getting snatched out of their front yard in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Anyways, it was getting dark one day, and we start seeing a vehicle driving down our street a few times. We were at my cousin's cousin's house. Weird family dynamic. I barely knew them, but it was my aunt's sister. (laughs) And all of a sudden, the parents were standing in the driveway talking, watching this car come down the road for the third time that day. And they quickly tell us to go home, to run home, to hide in the parents' closet beside the gun safe. (gasps) What? They followed shortly, and my aunt grabbed a baseball bat from the close from the closet after making sure we were hidden. Okay, this is starting to like make me panic. <laughs> yeah, we were because if your parents are scared, like that's a whole nother level of then fear. You know. Yeah, yeah. We were nosy and peeked out from the bedroom window and saw my aunt sprinting down the road with the baseball bat in hand. That was <laughs> when I got scared because my aunt was a very I don't even know. Laissez-faire? Is that how you say it? I think so. Is that some fancy French word for, like, being posh or something? (laughs) Type of parent and never got worried about anything. We stayed in the closet for probably half an hour, and I don't know what exactly happened, but I'm pretty sure they called the cops. We didn't see the car for the rest of the time I was staying there, so I think the parents threatened him, threatened them. I heard them shouting at the car as we were headed to hide. That was the first time I ever realized I was actually in danger of kidnapping or trafficking, and it was shocking because the setting was so unexpected. I was so scared. And I yeah. and I now live near Louisville, and it's definitely a hot spot for trafficking. But luckily, I'm more aware of my surroundings now compared to when I was 10. That's good. <laughs> Yeah. Also, needless to say, my cousin was not allowed to walk around in a bikini anymore. Well, that's good, too. (laughs) (laughs) And I know it wasn't her fault, but we're talking about good old country people that believe that how someone dresses is an invitation for bad things to happen. If it were my children, I would have educated them more on the dangers of human trafficking and how to be aware of their surroundings. Very smart. Yeah. Thank you for reading and for doing this podcast, Shelby. Thank you for sharing, Shelby. Yeah. That's terrifying. I know. That is so scary because I, you should ask your aunt what happened that day because I'm kind of curious. Did they like whoop his ass or? Yeah. Because for them to like pop into action, that's. Yeah. Clearly intense. something. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I looked up laissez-faire. It's an attitude of letting things take their own course without interfering. So usually, oh. like she's saying, like usually her parents are kind of just like, let this happen, mm-hmm. like not worried about anything, but. So them being worried is like even worse. You're like more mm, telling. Okay, yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you for sharing that little phrase with us. We have just been educated, Shelby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Shelby. Next story is from Taylor. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. When I was 16 years old, I lived in South Carolina with my dad, his girlfriend at the time, and two younger sisters. We lived in a rented modular home at the end of a cul-de-sac. We all had a couple encounters with some strange and creepy things going in on inside the home. The first time I did was when I had one of my friends over for a sleepover. I remember us talking and giggling in bed for like six in in bed like 16-year-olds old girls do at sleepovers. Mm-hmm. That was always the best like <laughs> after you turn out the lights but you like don't you're, go like, to bed yet and, and you're stuff. just like chatting. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys I do like that. the where you kick your legs really fast cuz you're like so excited to be in the bed? Do you ever do that? I don't know if I ever did that. No. <laughs> That's so That's funny. Awesome. It got quiet and we heard more giggling that was not coming from us. Oh. In mine and my younger sister's rooms, we had lofts. I won't forget that it sounded like it was coming from my loft. My friend and I looked at each other and got instantly creeped out. I got up and checked on my younger sisters, who were 10 and 7 at the time, to see if it was them. I walked in, and they were fast asleep. I even walked over to them to make sure they weren't faking. They definitely were not and were asleep. I ran back into my room with my friend, and we both got under the covers so freaked out. Heck yes, because covers will protect you. Yes, that's right. Don't hang your foot off the bed. I always do that. Keep everything under the covers. (laughs) I don't remember us hearing anything else that night, but I know it wasn't just me that heard it, and she talked about it as well after that. I swear to this day, I felt I saw a face figure up in that loft. Mm -hmm. I always got creeped out when I was alone in my room and always felt the hairs on the back of my neck stand every time I walked into my room. Oh, that's creepy. Another time, I was in my room with the door open and my dad was in the living room. All of a sudden, my sister's TV came on with the fuzzy black and white channels, and it kept getting louder. My dad and I yelled at the same time for my sister to turn it down. She came out of the bathroom and was like, what? Confused. My dad and I looked at each other and ran into their room and turned it off so quickly and ran back into the living room, (laughs) feeling that hair on the back of my neck stand. My dad asked my younger sister if she turned it on, and she said no, she was in the bathroom fixing her hair. I was so creeped out. My dad has said that their bedroom door has opened by itself, even though it was latched shut when he was in the living room one time. That's creepy. Mm -hmm. Because that's not just wind. When it's latched shut, like, that's not just wind. (laughs) Nope. The lady my dad was seeing has said their bathroom door unlatched at the top. It was a double door and opened slowly one time she was in bed. Mm -hmm. Another time, she was sitting in the recliner in the living room and her grandbaby kept playing peekaboo with her, or so she thought. But he kept looking behind her while she sat in the recliner. I remember her telling me how she was so freaked out by this, especially with 
the other little things that we have been hearing and seeing. We still talk about it to this day. I would have moved out of that house so fast. (laughs) I had a little encounter in mine and my husband's first home together. I was cooking and my daughter was in the living room playing behind the recliner. We had a double window there, so I knew she had been looking out of it watching the birds. I kept hearing her count and say, ready or not, here I come. I walked in and asked what she was doing. She responded she was playing hide and seek. I looked puzzled and asked who she was playing with and she didn't respond to me. She kind of just looked away and got shy. So I went back into the kitchen to finish up. Then I heard her counting and saying, here I come again. (laughs) I walked in and sat next to her and asked who she was playing with. And she looked at me, pointed to the hallway and said, that monster. (laughs) I could not look behind me. I picked her up and sat her in her high chair and we stayed in the kitchen until my husband got home. I could not get past that and always felt a weird feeling walking into our hallway after that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's, that's so creepy. so scary. If my future kids ever say something <laughs> like that, I would be out of that house so fast. I, I, it's so relatable because that's happened to me before where Manny was like, oh my God, what's that? And I was like, not looking. Like, I was what? like, I don't know. What is oh it? Oh my God. I like refuse yeah, to like, look don't back. Tell me. I like, I don't want to see it. Let's oh. leave. <laughs> that's so scary. <laughs> I never thought I would have stories like this, but another time when I was young, we lived in North Carolina in an old historical town. We actually lived next to a beautiful historical home that was part of the Underground Railway. My older brother and I would always play in our backwoods and sneak next door in the woods behind the house. No one lived there at the time. Someone was fixing it up, but not living there. I remember us seeing ropes hanging from trees and old little graves. It was freaky. Oh my gosh. One evening, my brother and I were throwing baseball and some and something got my attention next door. I looked up in a window and the white curtains were blowing. There was no wind and no other curtains were blowing. My brother looked up as well and we both saw a figure of a lady standing there. We dropped our gloves instantly and ran inside. We told our dad and he went out and looked around to see if someone was there, but there were no cars and no lights on. I can still see that figure in the window to this day. I bet that is burned into your brain forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Taylor. I am thoroughly creepy. Yeah. Samesies. Okay. This next one is from Mary Jane. Hey, hey. Hello. Hey guys, I just recently found your guys' podcast and it's been a lifesaver since I since starting a new job a few weeks ago. I have a story that happened to me about two years ago when I was 16. One night around nine, I went and picked up a friend of mine to go hang out. We decided to go sit in our school parking lot and just talk about things we need to get off our chest. We were there for about 20 or 30 minutes before we noticed this truck driving around the parking lot. I kept my eye on it, my eye on it, and the one second I stopped following it, the guy was suddenly behind me. Mind you, I'm parked in a stall facing forward. There was no way for me to go forward, so as my heart is racing, we both start panicking because we have no idea what to do. The only thing I could think of was to throw my car in reverse, so I did. The guy backs up and drives forward. At first, I was like, we need to leave, but I was about to leave. But as I was about to leave, I thought to myself about how this had happened to my friend in our school parking lot at night a few weeks prior. So I tell my friend to take a pic of his license plate. So I drove up as close as I could to get to the back of the man's truck, my heart still pounding. 
When she says she got a good picture and video, I tell her to start posting it on her Snap story, which she does. We are about to turn onto the road to leave when the man pulls up next to us and starts apologizing. The man was straight up taking pictures of my license plate two minutes prior to this. About 10 minutes go by after she posted it when one of her friends slid up and told her that it was his uncle and he had a record and how his family had cut him off because he was doing crazy shit like taking pictures of girls' license plates in dark parking lots. Oh my god. That's so specific and why? Yeah. There was something else that was super important from his past, but I can't remember exactly what it what it is. All I know is for weeks after, I was scared of even going near my school at night. Thank God my instincts kicked in and made her post that and start taking pictures of the man when he pulled up next to us. That is really smart, too. If you feel uncomfortable, start taking pictures of the person. I saw that on TikTok. Yeah. And Absolutely. It, it worked. The guy went away. But, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm really glad you were that's really quick creepy. on your feet and thought to do that. Yeah. That's crazy. Thank you for sharing, Mary Jane. Okay, next story is from BB. Hi, ladies. I absolutely love the podcast. By the time you read this, I will be caught up on all of the released episodes, <laughs> which is so bittersweet. <laughs> you guys have made college busy work so much more tolerable. Speaking of college, my story takes place on a college campus. This is a long one. I apologize. Never apologize for a long story. We love it. I attend a pretty large school, like over 65,000 students large. After finishing a lab, I was walking to find a place to sit and eat lunch. Somehow, seats are limited, even with a huge student body in campus. So more often than not, I have to walk around for a bit. As I started my trek, a man around my age came up to me and asked if I played sports. A little odd, but I didn't think too deeply about it because our athletes wear specific backpacks and mine has the school logo on it. Anyway, I promptly reply no, and I figure that's the end of the conversation. Wrong. Mm. This man introduces himself and begins to ask me generic questions like, what's your major, where are you from, etc. Again, I don't think too much into it. Maybe I'm too used to icebreaker the icebreakers every professor makes <laughs> us do with those same questions. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I start walking away, and this man walks next to me. I begin to feel a bit uncomfortable. He starts asking me to guess things like where he's from, what? but then he'd end up saying it in a sentence. For example, guess where I'm from, the dialogue continues, says the country. So then I'd say, oh, you're from said country, and he'd be surprised, even though he had just said it. Okay, that's weird. At this point, he's been walking with me for five minutes, and I'm getting uneasy. Okay. I intentionally began routing my path toward the building my boyfriend was in for class. The man told me his major and then later said, if I were to stay in the state we're in, I'd go to this college. I like it. So now I'm really confused. Why is this man walking on my college campus if he doesn't even go yeah. here? You have a major but not here? It may just be me, but this is really weird as it's the middle of the week. Yeah, that's definitely really definitely weird. weird. Like if it were Friday to Sunday, I could see that. Maybe he was visiting a friend or family member. Anywho, the 10-minute mark of this walk hits, and he brings up sports again. He mentions basketball, and I say, oh, my boyfriend loves basketball. <laughs> Keep in mind, I'm two minutes from my boyfriend's building and pre prepared to sprint up the six flights of stairs to his classroom for safety. The man brushes it off. At the very next split of road, he says, okay, I'm going this way. Nice to meet you. Seems somewhat normal until you take into consideration that he was walking toward a construction site. 
Foot traffic was possible, but limited. This was my last straw. I played it cool, but as soon as I was out of sight, I hauled into a building I was familiar with. I'm not one to share stories, and I totally may be overreacting, but I felt in my gut that this one needed to get out there. This happened at noon on a Wednesday on my huge college campus. I don't know if he was just being personable or if he was related to human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Either way, let this serve as a reminder to keep your guard up. Be weird, be rude, but most importantly, keep it human. Wow. Wow. Thank you, BB, for sharing that because you definitely were not overreacting. Like, No, I don't think so either. 100% no. That's he so knew creepy. he was making you uncomfortable. That's why he was asking these like yeah. questions, like talking in circles. Yeah, 100%. And I'm really glad that you like kept your guard up and got away from it because, wow. Yeah. Whew, wow. Thank you for sharing. Okay. Our next and final listener stories for this week or month or week, whatever, um, <laughs> is from Abby S. When I was about 10 years old, I stayed with my aunt for the summer. She lived in California and I had never been there before. So she decided to take me and my cousin on a road trip. We were driving about four hours each day and stopping at all the historical sites, national parks, and other cool things that California has to offer. That's so cool. Woohoo. California. (laughs) My aunt had one of those cars that had had built-in screens on the back of the headrest so you could pop in a disc. Wait. Could pop in a disc to the car and the movie would play on the screens. Heck yes. My mom's minivan (laughs) had that when I was a kid and it was like the coolest thing ever. We have a TV in our minivan. It's pretty cool. Manny loves it. Love it. (laughs) My little cousin was about three years old at the time. So to keep her from continually, continuously asking, are we there yet? We were putting in disc after disc and it worked because my cousin couldn't take her eyes off the movies and we barely heard a word from her (laughs) except for one time. We were driving on one of the long, winding back roads where there wasn't much to see except the occasional rundown house. On one of the turns, my cousin looked up from her movie and pointed to a church that we had just passed. With a straight face, she said, that's where I died. What? <gasps> Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Throw out the whole yeah. kid. Nope. <laughs> my aunt and I both looked at each other, trying to make sure we both heard the same thing. My aunt then asked, what do you mean, honey? And my cousin said, there was a fire and I died. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Again, when kids say stuff like this, I'm like, what? you're telling the truth. What you, yeah, because, like, why would they make up something like that? It's crazy. Before we could ask more questions, my cousin was locked back onto the movie. We were both weirded out, but soon wrote it off as her just being weird, <laughs> which kids are very fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, true. That- it's very specific it is. to be like something she just like made and just, up. Yeah, kids don't say like they don't think like that. They don't. I mean, kids. kids yeah. Well, three. I don't know. She might not know what death is, but I feel like they don't have a concept of that young of an age. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was until we looked up the history of the church when we got home. <gasps> dun dun dun. Oh my god! It turns out that in the 1960s there was a fire in the exact church where three people had died. It's so strange because she was only three and didn't have much concept about death. There you go. Not to mention she lived about 50 miles from the town where the church was and had never driven past it before either. Oh, my God. To this day, we still bring it up, but my cousin has since forgotten ever saying it. 
It might have just been one of those weird things that kids sometimes make up, but it's hard to come up with an excuse for such an eerie coincidence. No. Maybe she was reincarnated. She, I don't think she made that Maybe up. she was reincarnated. Yeah, I definitely think that was her past life. Like you're like when you when you get deja vu and you're like, I've done this before, but different. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so, that is so mm-hmm. scary. But also like kind of neat. It's terrifying, <laughs> but I also find it, yeah, like kind of cool. Yeah. Like kind of like, wow, she really did like remember her past life. And obviously it didn't traumatize her because she doesn't remember. <laughs> yeah yeah wow thank you for sharing that story that's crazy thank you guys all for all your stories they were they were really great this month yeah these were some great stories um again if you want to submit your own listener story you can do so at inhumanpodcast.com but thank you as always for listening happy start to the holiday season and until next week keep it keep it human bye guys bye Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.